So is Jav back from Indian jail yet? Uh, absolutely. Unfortunately, yeah. He's. Um, I say unfortunately. It's been great having Graham here the last last few weeks. Uh, Jav is back from Indian jail and he's been fully rehabilitated. It, it's not so much jail, and it was just a mis- big misunderstanding. They they are wonderful, wonderful people. Or oh, I just realised that sarcasm is a bit like electricity. Half India just doesn't get it. You're listening to the Host Unknown podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us and welcome. Welcome one and all to episode, I've lost, 150. 155. Is it? No, it's 150 today, isn't it? Or is it 151? It's 155. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever episode it is, we've all lost count now. Um, Welcome one and all to this hundred and something episode of the Host and Learn podcast. And welcome back, Jav. Thank you. How, how are you? How how was prison special food? guest starring Javad Malik? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our regular host Graham Cluley was unavailable this week, so yeah. standing in at short notice is Javad. And yeah. and Carol still refused to come on. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame her. I don't blame. Her. <laughs> in fact, I think that's called a restraining order now. That's, yeah, uh... I think it is. Yeah, against us, not her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I tell you what really brought me back um, a little bird plane told me <laughs> that somebody's got an older we've all got an older jav uh, okay <laughs> some of us are aging quicker than others let's be honest <laughs> how does that work really how does you, that work you added another ring to your <laughs> to your waist <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not far wrong that's not far wrong. Yes, I, if you if you cut me open, there's an extra ring there. Okay. Um, but uh, no, so I actually have a surprise here that uh, we did receive a very touching story. Really? Uh, from the Duchess of Ladywell. Um, oh. Jav, do you want to hit it? Yes. Let's go for it. Uh, if I can find the button. Hello, Jav and Andy. It's the Duchess of Ladywell here. I thought as it was Tom's birthday... Uh, I'm not sure that you actually know. He is actually 4012 today, the th of um, And I think if you're going to take him out for dinner, you ought to know what kind of things he likes. When he Back when he was aged three, he wouldn't eat meat at all. It was <laughs> dreadful, even mincing it up for him, etc. And then one day I saw on his plate that he put all the meat on one side and was had eaten the potatoes and the vegetables. I said, now, come on, aren't you going to eat eat your meat? He said, yeah, I'm saving it. I thought, oh, this is a breakthrough. I said, is that, is that your best meat then? Is that your favourite? Or would it be chicken or... Oh, he said, I don't know. I don't really know. Um, I've never had a bear. <laughs> Perfectly sensible answer when you think about it. We eat cows, chicken, sheep, pigs, etc. So if you're taking him out for dinner, just bear in mind that he might like bear. Hope you have a good day. Bye. <laughs> Technically correct, which yes. is the best type of correct. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Always a smart ass. 
I still have a vague, vague memory of that, you know. It's funny. <laughs> and it explains why you got bare for uh, dinner the, yeah. the following weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the scars healed up about a week later, a week or two later, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Oh, I'm going to have to have uh, words with my mother. Yeah. Can, can also just point out how how well your mother comes across on, on, on audio. And like, if we could have her... Like the better Langford to replace you, I think this podcast would be far, far better. You couldn't afford my mother's rights. No, but she might just do it out of charity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She sounds like she's too busy to be messing around with you two. She sounds like she's been cleaning up after your mess all all your life. So I'm sure one more one more round won't hurt. (laughs) <laughs> oh dear well aside from that jav how's your week been it's been good it's been good it's been a short week i i just flew back in on on wednesday morning and i started work yesterday so um yeah day two of the week so it's good I, if all weeks could be like this i'd be happy yeah day two and, and let's face it it's friday so you don't do anything after lunch anyway so you know, after we're all You're optimistic that I can even make it to lunch. <laughs> yeah, well, you were late for this, in fairness. Uh, uh, legal team, I'm just joking. I, I'm going to do my fully contractually obligated hours. <laughs> and, and you did extra you? last night as well. Yeah. Uh, I actually, do you know, I've had a bit of a result this week. Um, oh, yeah. Managed to upset one of my sisters and, uh, you know, made the other one happy. It's, I found a very good flight deal to Mauritius. Yeah. Um, and I said, look, these are the dates. It is the only dates that this deal works for. Uh, take it or leave it. Uh, and one of my sisters said, no, can't do that. Um, don't go without me. And I said, sorry, but for this price, every man for himself. Yeah. Um, so it is changing in Jeddah on the way. So it's not a direct flight, but it is £1,400 business class Ooh, from wow. London to Mauritius. Uh, which is cheaper than BA's direct premium economy. Wow. Uh, so it is a no-brainer. It yeah. is uh, locked in. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, it only works on those dates. So, when, uh, when, yeah, bit for When do you go? Uh, I shall be off in uh, the end of October. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it'll be... Um, yeah, Going back to your roots. Heading back home, Get uh, get some paperwork sorted out. Are you, are you are you going to finally sell your land or take ownership of your land, which has been used as communal dumping ground or something? Yes, I am. <laughs> well, it's going to sell the stuff that's on it first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no, no one wants to buy jackfruit trees. It's kind of like a, you know, <laughs> and I've got a couple of old cars on there. But... I was going to you say the what? old cars, just... the um, the stained mattresses. <laughs> I just love the confidence with which Andy says, believes that he's going to be able to go and in one trip sort it all out. (laughs) I'm efficient, right? Forward planning. Like, I'm one of these, um, you know, when you just visualize something and it comes true. It happens to me all the time. Everything works out for me. He has a very dull imagination. (laughs) But besides that, Tom, I think I'm going uh... to wake up this morning. (laughs) How was your uh, uh, birthday week? Did you uh, did you get out and do anything interesting? 
Uh, well, you went out for uh, a, well a, a business dinner on Wednesday, but that was still very nice. And they, and uh, one of my colleagues arranged for them to uh, sing happy birthday to me and all stuff like that. So that was yeah. that was both embarrassing and lovely all at the same time. So that that yeah, was that was very that's, good. That's what you get in TGI Friday, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I kept on getting sort of dazzled by all the badges they wore on their uh, on, on their braces. You know. <laughs> um, helping another friend out with some IT problems, shifting him from one laptop to another. That was Tuesday night, <laughs> so that 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 was fun. Um, but yeah, very very quiet actually. Going to have uh, dinner with my kids tonight, uh, and then that's kind of it really, birthday wise. Which is which is fine because, as we know, as we get older, we try and avoid talking about them, really, don't we? So, so for today, thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's move on, shall we? Talking of disappointing friends, let's see what we've got for you this week. This week in Infosec is somewhat lost on Jav. Uh, why didn't we keep Graham on? Uh, Rant of the week proves that Elon isn't finished with us yet. Billy Big Balls is India's take on what's up? Industry news brings us the latest and greatest security news stories from around the world. And tweet of the week is straight from the Internet Hall of Fame. So let's move on to our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call... This week in InfoSec. It is that part of the show where we take a trip down InfoSec memory lane with content liberated from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account or further afield. And this week we have gone much further afield and it is extremely disappointing to have you back, Javad, because this is something that would fall under Mr. Cluley's uh, specialist subjects in uh, Mastermind. Yeah, so, I mean, the last couple of weeks, it's been great having uh, Graham here talk about, you know, being on the front line of these like, great historic viruses in our time. And as we all know, one of his other um, subject matter expertise, uh, besides, you know, peeing in the middle of the night, is actually uh, around chess uh, and, um, you know, his good buddy, uh, Kasparov. Uh, so I was actually hoping for some, you know, sort of side stories on that. So, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, you know, we were going back 26 years to the 11th of May 1997 when Deep Blue defeated Kasparov in a tournament match. Uh, and this was IBM's computer and artificial intelligence, Deep Blue, which, uh, Deep Blue, which defeated the at the time reigning chess champion, one of the greatest chess players of all time, Gary Kasparov. Uh, in a sixth and deciding game of a tournament match, thus becoming the first time a computer defeated a chess champion in match play. Um, and, you know, in a year earlier, Deep Blue had actually beaten Kasparov in two individual matches. Um, but at the time, Kasparov did eventually win that match 4-2. Um, but yeah, after uh, being reprogrammed and upgraded, the 1997 Deep Blue, uh, which was capable of calculating 200 million moves per second, won two matches out of six versus Kasparov, uh, giving it one victory and three draws. And um, yeah, so- after the defeat, Kasparov did ask for a rematch, but IBM declined <laughs> and uh, retired Deep Blue. Well, they couldn't afford it for us. They probably couldn't well, afford the electricity bill. Well, yeah, <laughs> to keep coming up with those computations. But I can uh, stand in for Graham here a little bit because he told me about this and he said that one of the reasons why Deep Blue won 
was because it gave the impression that it was human. And the yes. reason for which which threw Casper off a bit, and the reason for that was they put in random pauses, uh, random length pauses between it, it the start of its turn and when it made its decision. So it had actually so made its decision it in like you know a second and a half, but then it would leave it a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and then make the make the make the move. Yeah. And so it gave this indication of consideration and you know and deeper analysis rather than just a mechanical you know move move move. Yes. So yes. The 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 other um, uh, theory that I, I read about this at the time was um, at the time I mean later uh, <laughs> was that um, there was a bug in the code where on the first match where Deep Blue won, and uh, the glitch prevented. Deep blue from selecting the optimal move, and it selected a random one. And ah. again, and again, Kasparov misinterpreted that as a sort of deeper strategy that it's going for. Interesting. So, so whatever it was, it was more of a a, a psychological play that yes. that affected Kasparov uh, as opposed to the the technicalities of of the game. So, um, well, if I run. Anything from watching the Queen's Gambit on Netflix, it's all about the psychology of it. Yeah, it's like poker. You don't play the cards. You play. You don't play the hand. You play the man. Exactly. <laughs> all woman. All woman. Person. Yeah. Well, yes. Okay. Okay. Before we lose Jab again for another three weeks of rehabilitation, <laughs> our second story shall take us back a mere twenty-seven years to the 9th of May, nineteen ninety-six, when Linux gets happy feet. Uh, so Linus Torvalds described in an email to a mailing list his conception of what he believed should be the logo for the Linux operating system. Uh, and this is what soon became the Tux Penguin, uh, or, you know, pretty much the brand for Linux. Uh, and perhaps he had known the movie Happy Feet would be released a little over 10 years later. Um, and had he done that, he would have probably chosen a warbler instead. A warbler? Yeah. What's a warbler? Have you not seen Happy Feet? No. Okay. Save it for the younger generation. <laughs> you, you, you know, Tom, do yourself a favour, watch Happy Feet with, with surround sound. It is beautiful. Both Really? Them. Yeah. Do you know, I think I probably did have it on when the kids were young and I fell asleep because you know what it's like with uh, the young kids. You don't get much rest. So, <laughs> so maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's what happened. Excellent. Thank you, Andy, for this week's... This week in InfoSec. If good security content were bottled like ketchup, this podcast would be the watery juice which comes out when you don't shake properly. Blah. In a niche of our own, you're listening to the award-winning Host Unknown Podcast. And nominated in many, many categories, I should hasten to add. At this oh, week's indeed. European yeah, the, uh, Blogger Awards. Yeah, the uh, the timing of Jav's return is actually quite convenient. Jav, we need to have a word. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, you're on the about... judging panel, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> as, as Graham pointed out to us. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the shouty part. Rants of the week. It's such a mother rage. 
in another example of let's read their headline and just fake outrage straight away, Twitter rolls out encrypted DMs, fantastic, but only for paying accounts. Well, just when we thought uh, Elon Musk was done with us, he obviously isn't. He's uh, he's flexing his muscles massively here, um, what or however big his muscles are. So uh, Twitter has launched its encrypted direct messages feature because, as we know, for the longest time, uh, DMs were not encrypted. It wasn't a secure way of communicating. Um, but what it does is it allows Twitter Blue subscribers to send end-to-end encrypted messages to other users on the platform. Uh, so as we know, end-to-end encryption, very, very handy. It means it can't be, uh, or if, if messages are intercepted, they can't be decoded. They can only be decoded on your device itself, uh, stored only on the device. Uh, and so it's not shared with anyone else. Um, but um, uh, so even if uh, the, the, the feds went to Twitter and asked for uh, what communications have been sent, they would not be able to provide it. Um, this is overall a great thing, except for the part that it's just rolled out to part of the Twitter user group. Um, so Andy and I were talking about this before. How does that work when you are, if, if, us, you know, Andy and I as mere, mere Twitter mortals were to communicate with Jav as part of the Twitterati with his blue tick. Which part is encrypted? Is it what? just, is it our messages to him or is it... Is it just, is, is it going to be one-sided conversation? Yeah. I would hope like... so. I would hope so. I would hope that mine are encrypted and you guys self-incriminate. <laughs> you know this, this is where like you know it's time to put your money where your mouth is security pros oh if only so and so provided this security i'd be happy to pay for it well now's your chance <laughs> i have to say i have been thinking about it uh but um but i'd never i'd never told jav that i'd never given the satisfaction <laughs> but um uh oh crap he's on this week isn't he but um it's it's an interesting point. I mean, it is something that is needed. It's it's something that is table stakes. But I think the problem with that that I have in the rant here is that Elon's not really following any kind of sort of strategy or plan. It feels like much of much of what he's rolling out, much of what he's doing is is very knee jerk reaction and yeah. just do this, do that, do the other. If there was a plan, if there was a okay. In nine months, everybody has to pay for Twitter and it's going to be X amount, but here's what you get. Here are the benefits. You don't have to start paying now. You can start using this time to move on to alternative platforms, but you know, for the time being, you're fine. But as you pay, as you start to pay, you're going to get these added benefits as opposed to creating what seems to be like a, a rift between you know the, the 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 free users and the 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 old users and the sorry and the and the paid for users and i think because twitter's success has been obviously its use its user base and the sheer volume of people that are using it etc what it's doing is starting to is alienating people rather than actually giving them you know time and opportunity to to consider what's doing and actually understand what's happening rather than waking up and finding out that well their stuff isn't encrypted but other people's is so it just seems that it, it, uh, this is the part i struggle with is 
there's there's that there doesn't seem to be any kind of plan here whatsoever. I, I don't see what you're struggling with, Tom. It wasn't your your Twitter DMs weren't encrypted before, and they're still not encrypted. No, Nothing's no. changed for you. There's nothing to complain about. In fact, I think this is a great strategy. This sounds like the Jerry Maguire strategy. Fewer Twitter users, better quality of service to those paying Twitter users. Jerry Maguire was a film. Yes. Yeah. Not 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 a, not a business education. That's why I didn't get my MBA. <laughs> 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 very good very good I, I no I do I understand it I, I I do understand it but it it's it's that kind of thing it's a bit like the um uh we're switching off 2FA you know yes they switched off the the right kind of 2FA in the fact that you know it was the least secure etc oh no they're switching on 2FA sorry oh I can't even remember now jeez it's such a mess that's part of the problem it changes um, everything. This is the thing. You've got no idea. You can't second guess what they might do next. No. Like, I can't you know. invest in them as a platform because I don't know if it's going to be worth my while because something's likely to change in the future. You, you, you know, uh, you remember the movie Airplane? Yeah. And uh, they're coming into land. And, Airplane? Uh, what is it? <laughs> no, hospital. What is it? Yeah. It's a big building where sick people go. That's not important right now. Yeah, and, I know. <laughs> and... and uh, uh, they say maybe we should turn on the the runway lights now, and uh, William Shatner goes, "No, that's exactly what they'd be expecting us to do," because <laughs> he's like this ex-Vietnam sort of like vet, and he's like all about if if the if you're predictable, the enemy knows where you are and what you're going to do next. So he's always about being unpredictable. Even that was Airplane this... Two, the one on the moon. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Okay, it was Airplane Two then, <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> With, with the doors, with the, the sliding doors that you had to open by going, shh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but th- this is what, um, this what this is the ethos of Elon Musk right now. It's like, don't let him guess what your second move is. Don't be predictable. Uh, you know, so he's like keeping everyone guessing and it's it's a fun game. It's, it's a If you've fun- got money to burn, absolutely. But uh, what is it? How much did it cost a month, Chad? What is it? Seven... Less 10, than that, less than fourteen hundred to fly to Mauritius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, most things in this world are less than that. But uh, yeah. yeah, was it? Is it six ninety nine or something like that? I don't know. I just paid for a ten year subscription up front in one go, and like what? Do you say ten years? Yeah. No, ten years subscri- as if a one year a one year subscription is like hundred and something quid or something. Yeah, like, I just like reach into the back of the. Uh, the sofa where I put the kids' money box and just like <laughs> took some money out of there. Put the kids' money. <laughs> okay, so this week's rant is pivoting onto why is Jav paying for Twitter for a year at a time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you. That was this week's rant of the week. Thirty percent nostalgic. Thirty percent ranty. 30% ballsy and 30% terrible at maths. You're listening to the award-winning Host Unknown Podcast. Okay, Jav, loosen up, do your stretches. I know you haven't been in this in this hot seat for a little while, so get yourself ready for... As I'm going to try and do it in the best way that Tom did it in the beginning, India to send official 
What's up? To uh, <laughs> what's up? After massive spam storm. So the great nation of India, uh, their IT minister, Rajiv Chandram, Chandrasekhar, uh, the right honourable, uh, very good uh, gentleman. He will go and ask WhatsApp to explain what is up after uh, they have experienced a dramatic increase in spam calls. So uh, India is currently the largest market for WhatsApp with over 450 million users. And many of them in the last couple of weeks have received plenty of spam calls from overseas. Many, the irony. <laughs> many of the calls involve fake job offers, usually usually with the request to negotiate the gig on a different messaging platform, which makes tracking the perps harder. Uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, maybe next, what will happen next? Maybe they'll start getting spam calls from Microsoft or <laughs> or something about their car warranty. Anyway, uh, the, the timing of the spam is intriguing. On 1st of May, Indian carriers were required to implement AI-powered spam call filters. Because um, <laughs> that won't go wrong at all, will it? Yeah, yeah. So I, it, it basically appears like maybe uh, conventional carriers, because they've sort of like started blocking stuff for now, uh, they, they've just um, uh, moved to WhatsApp. And whatever the reason, um, they're not happy about the spam that is being sent to them. And uh, the, the, the ministry will send a please explain missive to WhatsApp. And uh, yeah, I, I think this is, <laughs> this really is a Billy Big Bull. The, the, the audacity of the Indian government <laughs> to send this kind of thing after they are probably one of the largest brokers of spam in the world. I mean, who has not received a call from an Indian call center? Uh, you know, that, that claims to be from Microsoft or Amazon or all your bank or something like that, that just goes in. And, you know, if you follow like um, YouTube accounts, like I can't, is it Ben Browning or, or I can't remember the name. But, you know, the ones that they... they oh, the scam traps that he the, does. The scam traps that they do. And, you know, they're all based in it. He finds out where they actually are, which building they're based in. He hacks into their CCTV, hands all the information over the police and everything. And local police are just paid off and what have you. So um, I, I believe, uh, as uh, uh, as the term goes, I think it's called karma. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing I like about this is, the AI-infused system was developed after a block ba- uh, blockchain-based spam buster bombed. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's move from one buzzword to the next. I know, I know. How it's... does blockchain help spam filtering? <laughs> no idea, no idea. <laughs> there was just too much to unpack, which is why I glossed over that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But... In case anyone asked any questions. Yeah, and because I've been away for for two weeks, here's a second bonus um, Billy Big Ball of the week. And this is brought to you by Hewlett Packard or HP. And uh, they sparked fury, fury, I say, after a recent firmware update, which blocks customers from using cheaper non-HP ink cartridges in its printers. Uh, Before, uh, if you put in a third party one, it would just say, um, you know, oh, 
it's a it's a non-approved print, non-genuine, you, non-genuine. But now, um, if if you use anything without a HP chip, uh, it will just refuse to print. And the company said that this is to reduce the risk of malware attacks, saying third-party cartridges that use non-HP cartridges can pose risks to the hardware performance, print quality, and security. I'm not sure, and, you know, as you both know, I'm not massively technical on this front. I'm not sure I've heard of of a printer cartridge attack vector. No, it's uh, it's not something that I think anyone in the world has ever heard of, other than the the PR department of HP <laughs> trying to justify why I mean, they're blocking third party cartridges. I've seen I've seen printers be hacked so they can run Doom because that's what hackers do, right? But to to suggest that by inserting a print cartridge, you can then spread malware onto a onto a network. I've well, I'd be fascinated to see that research, wouldn't you? Well, I, I I say I'd be you you say you'd be fascinated, but if you went to a talk where someone's explaining that, it would go completely over your head. <laughs> yes, it would go completely over my head. But what I would take away from it was is this is possible. Yes. I don't. I'm I'm not sure it is. And you know, any of you fancy pants, you know, hackers and breakers out there. Just let us know. Is is that true? Is that possible? Just message Quentin after this, and we'll oh, we know, yeah, yeah, Quentin. <laughs> He's probably Steve done Ford. it, <laughs> yeah. and he works for them. No, he works, no, for, he works for the competitor. Oh, same difference. It's a, they all charge, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's printing. Who's still printing in this day and age? Or is this the other Quentin that that's um, that runs security for HP Europe? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's there's basically a clone. There's clones of them. They all work for the all the same sort of companies. Yeah. Wow. Is that a big balls move or just a dick move? I think it's uh, definitely a dick move. Uh, maybe we need another. We need another <laughs> section on here. Anyway, excellent. Thank you, Jav. Billy Big Balls of the Week. People who prefer other security podcasts are statistically more likely to eject USB devices safely. For those who live life dangerously, you're in good company with the award-winning Host Unknown podcast. And statistically, those of us who uh, live like to live dangerously also uh, spend less time alive. And talking of less time, see what I did there? What time is it, Andy? <laughs> It is that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over at the InfoSec PA Newswire who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry news. Only 39% of IT security decision makers see it as a business enabler. Industry news. CISOs worried about personal liability for breaches. Industry news. EU's client-side scanning plans could be unlawful. Industry news. Next-gen healthcare data breach. One million patient records affected. Industry news. Spanish police arrest 40 in phishing gang bust. Industry news. 
NSA and allies uncover Russian snake malware network in 50 plus countries. Industry news. Twitter hacker admits guilt in New York court, extradited from Spain. Industry news. NCSC and ICO dispel incident reporting myths. Industry news. Threat actors use Babak code to build hypervisor ransomware. Industry news. And that was this week's... Industry news. Huge if true. Huge. 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 So this CISO's worried about personal liability for breaches. That's got to be, was it, was his name, Jake Sullivan? Uh, yeah, well, probably since that event, yeah, yeah. the uh, the old Uber CISO. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> they're kind of saying that CISOs want insurance to protect them. <laughs> um, Just don't do dodgy shit. Well, and also, then companies get... want insurance as well. <laughs> A lot of companies can't afford cyber insurance, let alone... Yeah. Let alone uh, the CISOs themselves. But if you don't do anything dodgy, and, and incompetence isn't dodgy, that's just incompetence, right? Yeah. If you don't do anything dodgy and lie about shit, then you're almost certainly not going to be sent down for it. Yeah. Would be my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. Stressful job. Tell me, you worried about personal liability for breaches? Uh, well, I can't afford the insurance, so why worry about it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, they got nothing to come after you for. Uh, no, nothing to take. exactly. <laughs> they they can have the house that I don't own anymore. They'll <laughs> <laughs> come for your Lego next. Yeah. Uh, oh. oh, okay, okay. Maybe I should start to save a few pennies for the insurance <laughs> yeah. then. Uh, take it brick by brick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm looking at the NCSC and ICO dispelling instant reporting myths. And so this is them saying that keeping a cyber instant quiet makes other attacks more likely. Ooh. And ultimately makes everyone less secure. So therefore, in a rare joint blog post, the two authorities came together in an attempt to dispel some of the common myths around instant reporting. That does look interesting because I wonder what they base that on. Well, so they're saying the six commonly held misconceptions about instant reporting. Covering up an attack means that everything will be okay. Uh, Reporting to the authorities makes it more likely the instant will go public. Uh, Paying a ransom makes the instant go away. If an organisation has good offline backups, they won't need to pay a ransom. Uh, if there's no evidence of data theft, organisations don't need to report to the ICO. And organisations will be fined if data is leaked. So apparently these are commonly held misconceptions. Hmm. That actually sounds like a, a, a good and sensible list for us all to 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 think about yeah except except they use a really bad analogy they say imagine that you come home from work and you find your house has been burgled instead of reporting to the police and seeking support you quickly tidy everything up and carry on as if nothing had happened hoping no one would find out without investigating further the next week your neighbor is burgled too although you may know not about it because they didn't mention it uh, and the burglars return to your place again because you didn't spot that the unlocked window is still unlocked so it's easy for them to get back in and uh, I think a lot of reason why people don't report physical stuff like uh, home burglaries or, or car accidents and stuff is because then your insurance goes up. And then because. <laughs> well, yes, this is very true. 
This so. is very true. And also, you report it, and the police go, "Okay, here's your crime reference yeah, number." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, unlikely to do anything. It's non-violent crime. It's low yeah. value. Yeah, yeah, we're never we're under resourced for this. Yeah, yeah. So, so the problem with with um, and this happens in organisations and and also at the NCSC level and whatever you, they've. They have reporting features available. So if you have a phishing email, you can forward it to, to them, like phishing at ncse.org or something like that. Uh, there's also the text message one. But it just goes into a black hole. So yeah. while I do not doubt that it helps them, we need to find a way to let people know how their contributions have helped. Otherwise... To close the know, loop on it, yeah. To close the loop on it. And and I think that's where the the, the the challenge comes from. I mean, it's all well and good saying, oh, you know, report and it'll help others but hey show him show me you know I that how you know when i shared some information you're able to take down a botnet or, or whatever it might be well it's just um, it's a simple thing like you have you noticed on your council tax in the last few years they now break down exactly where your money's going 23 yeah. percent goes to policing 10 percent goes to this you know it's not perfect we all still think we're paying too much but at least we know where it's going to yes Yes. You know, it's a it, you, you under you, conceptually you understand that these things cost money, and therefore this money is going towards one or you know this range of things. And it's the same thing, you know. Conceptually, I know that my one report isn't going to make a difference, but if I can sort of, you know, understand where it is in the bigger picture, I, it makes a it, it's going to help people actually connect with the problem in the first place. Absolutely, I agree with you, Tom Langford. Bloody yeah. hell! I'm glad we're recording. Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> That's your present. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Anything else here? Ooh, hypervisor ransomware. That's that seems to be a little bit of a topic du jour at the moment, especially with the ESXi vulnerabilities. Meh. Yeah, look at Tom chucking in technical phrases. You, that you he's would like up on his internal briefings. Hey, <laughs> Tom, you like this one? Certain build numbers in ESXi version six point seven are vulnerable. <laughs> no, Tom, oh you're... God, I wish I hadn't clicked on this one now. <laughs> no. Former employer mentioned in the uh... <laughs> yeah. or, or an adjacent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only thirty nine percent of IT security decision makers see it as business enabler. And uh, this is a, a report from Delenia, where our good friend Joe, Joe Carlson works. And uh, I thought it's interesting, like, about... Because this is something you've been speaking about, Tom, for, for years. For decades. Yeah. Literally decades. <laughs> like, you know, the job of security is to help sell more beer. I mean, like, you know. Yeah. How so. can it not be a business... Well, it's good. Well... I'm not going to go there because otherwise I'm going to hand out all my talks for free on this program, on this show. <laughs> so. As opposed to the normal fee that you... <laughs> yeah, my, my normal free fee. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Thank you very much for this week's... Industry News. We're not lazy when it comes to researching stories. No. Nope. We're just energy efficient. Like and subscribe to the Host Unknown podcast for more ESG adjacent tips. And talking of energy efficient, let's move to Andy now and uh, our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Sweet of the Week. And we always play that one twice. Sweet of the Week. 
Indeed, Tweet of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses a tweet they like. It could be a funny tweet, an interesting tweet they've read, educational, amusing, or useful, whatever they like. It doesn't necessarily have to be security-related. You better, better not, not be. be. <laughs> Indeed. And this week's Tweet of the Week is an old one, and it's in the Internet Hall of Fame from Rob Perez, who says, $10 million right now in your hand, but there's a catch. A snail is chasing you for the rest of your life, and if it touches you, you die a terrible death. The snail cannot be killed. It knows your location at all times, and its only purpose is to find you. Are you taking the $10 million? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd take a tenner for that. <laughs> So, you, oh, that's brave. So, Tom, you actually think you can outrun a snail for the rest of your life? Well, I mean, it depends if I've stretched in the morning or not. But <laughs> well, no, for, for ten million, sure. Or, well, you know, you can surely just get on a yacht or, or a cruise liner, and like, what's the snail going to do? Be swim across the sea after you or something? No, crawl underwater. <laughs> it's fine. Salty. The sea. snail cannot be killed, so therefore, it would just crawl along the seabed. And then swim up, get onto your boat, and kill you in your sleep. But if 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 you're constantly moving on the boat, well, then it's just got to got to arrange an intercept vector. <laughs> <laughs> so now, so now we're assuming the snail can do complex physics. So as, as you dock in Costa Rica, the snail is waiting for you as yeah. you step off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. You get into the Snail office and flight. it spins around on the chair. <laughs> yeah. I've been expecting you. I'm just, I'm just going to eat a lot of eggs and then use the shells and crush them up and surround myself with them. <laughs> it cannot be killed. It no, but matter. it could be slowed down. It could be slowed down. <laughs> I, I would go to my parents' hometown in Pakistan. It's um, a place called Kura. And, uh, on Salt Mountain. It's Salt Mountain. Salt Mountain. There. <laughs> I would just... Dig a hole, dig, dig, dig out the mountain and build myself a fortress within that. How's it going to climb, crawl across a salt mountain? Because <laughs> the snail cannot be killed. Yeah, but but for the Americans, this is a space salt mountain, not to be confused with <laughs> a salt mountain, which I know where you, all your minds went. Yeah, I'm up on a salt mountain. That's where we make our stand. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I'd certainly take the dollars anyway, not the pounds. <laughs> well, either way, $10 million, $10 million, pounds, right? They're yeah. not too far off. No. So yeah, million exactly. Pounds. Exactly. Excellent. Thank you very much for this week's Tweet of the Week. So we have stumbled, fallen, and crashed into the end of the show like we normally do, uh, utterly unprepared for the entire thing, and suddenly realise it's all over and thinking we could probably have done a better job. So, Jav, thank you very much for your contributions today and your special guest star appearance. Yeah, you're welcome. It's good to be back on my podcast. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> thank you, sir. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. Whew.
That was a slow, painful one, junkie with uh, the geshers. Oh, shit, he's still here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just call Java junkie? <laughs> Clunky, junkie, oh. jagged. It was, uh, yeah. Oh, God, painful. Painful. Dra- uh, yeah, we'll get get Graham back next week. Jav, you want yeah. to take another break? <laughs> <laughs> well, who did he insult this time? I can't remember. You did insult somebody this time. I have never insulted anybody. I think, wasn't it women this time? I'm sure you did. <laughs> I did not insult women. I'm sure you did. I'm sure I thought along the way you'd be put into a feminist re-education camp. <laughs> right, could switch off his mic before he says something that really gets us in trouble. 